Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you. Morning, everybody. What a lovely church family. I loved the crazy. It is so lovely. I don't know if you've ever heard the saying, um, uh, it's messy in the nursery, it's tidy in the graveyard. Uh, We want the nursery. When it comes to the presence of God and what he's doing, we want the nursery because the graveyard is tidy for a reason. There is no life there. But in the nursery, there is life. And so I just loved it. And uh, what a beautiful, beautiful church family. And thank you so much for having us with you. Um, It's such a privilege to be here. Um, uh, Just a few things. I'm going to start speaking in just a minute. Welcome. Where's the live stream camera? Welcome. Welcome, everybody, if you're joining from home uh, in your pajamas. Hope you're having a lovely time. Um, A few things just to say before I get going, and we're gonna, I'm going to speak for a bit, and then we're going to pray and see what Jesus wants to do. Um, I've got a couple of books that I've written that are available for you if you'd like to get hold of them. Um, just to quickly let you know about them, this is my first book, Naturally Supernatural. It's all about how we journeyed as a church into how to see God's kingdom come naturally through us without being weird. So just as we're out and about in the supermarket, on the street, in our workplace, how do we see Jesus made famous in a way that isn't odd and so it's just got full of stories and full of things we learnt on the journey and uh, uh, that's eight pounds. Um, This one is linked to what I'm going to be speaking about today because it focuses really on identity and uh, who we are in Christ. It's all about leading out of our identity as sons and daughters. Uh, We're all actually called to lead whether you would consider yourself a leader or not, you are because we all influence people. Um, And this is my journey of getting it wrong a lot, um, leading out of a place of insecurity and pain and the impact on the people I led and how God has taken me on a journey of understanding who I actually am and the difference that makes in how I lead. So that's seven pounds. So if you want to get them at the end, you can. Absolutely no pressure. But I just wanted to let you know they're there. Um, Just in the worship, I felt God speak to me about something I think he wants to heal Um, So let's see if I'm right. Um, I felt like someone here has got some pain at the top of their neck specifically that means they can't look up like that without discomfort. Where are you? Where, Where is that person? Top of the neck, particularly doing that is difficult. Quickly wave at me if that's you. Don't hold back. I'm very happy to be wrong, but I'm not usually wrong these days, so maybe they're watching from their bedroom, but I'm... Anyone? I'm happy to be wrong. Anyone? Neck problem, particularly right at the top of the neck. Okay, don't come, don't come to me at the end. No, I'm kidding. You can come to me at the end. It's fine. All right, I'm happy to be wrong. Thank you, Jesus. Um, right, let's, let's go then. I'm going to speak about identity. Let's just pray. And um, we need the Holy Spirit to help us. So, Father, thank you for your presence here. Thank you that you are so good, so kind, that you um, are eager to meet with your people. And, uh, Father, I just want to pray for my brothers and sisters and myself. Would you take us deeper this morning? Holy Spirit, would you come and do what only you can do? We, we, know, who, we know what the Bible says about who we are, but we really don't get it often. And we need your help, Holy Spirit. So teach us, show us, take the revelation deeper, show us where we're believing lies. We long to step increasingly into who you've called us to be. So do what only you can do in our hearts, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Amen. Well, I spoke yesterday about um, how to live this life. We looked at the importance of knowing God as our Father. And I also said it's really important for us to know who God says we are, our identity in Christ. And so that's what I'm going to speak about this morning. And it's not going to be new information. If I went around the room and said, what does the Bible say about who we are now that we're in Christ? You'd be able to tell me some truths. Adopted, forgiven, free from accusation, ambassadors, holy and blameless. We'd be able to say all that stuff. But here's the deal. We need the Holy Spirit to help us because if the information stays in your head, it won't really change you. We, we need the Holy Spirit to put the truth in our heart so that our behavior, the way we live, the way we talk, the way we see things actually changes. Um, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And in another translation, it says, Anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Now, we all know that's true, right? But we need the Holy Spirit to help us take this deeper. And it's a journey of repentance. Often, the disconnect between us living in the truth of what the Bible says, um, of believing the truth and living in the good of it, is, in our, is between our heads. It's, it's to do with how we think. It's to do with our thinking. And so we have to go on a process of changing the way we think about ourselves so that what we think increasingly lines up with what God says about us. And that's a process of repentance. The minute we said yes to Jesus, our identity was transformed in an instant. Okay, the minute you said yes to Jesus, you stepped into everything the Bible said about you in an instant. But our lives as followers of Jesus are a journey of increasingly choosing to believe that's actually true. Does that make sense? And there's always more for us to understand. You're never going to get to a point of thinking, oh, I made it. I perfectly understand who I am now in Christ. You're never going to get there. So there's always going to be more revelation for the Father to give us. And I'm really passionate about this journey because, well, partly because it's been a huge area of breakthrough in my own life. Um, it's been a massive area of battle for me to really step into the truth about who God says we are, as to who God says I am. But I'm really passionate about this because I know it changes us. It changes us. The more we know who God says we are, the more we're able to fully step into all he's called us to be and all he's called us to do. And the, the reality is there is a battle going on for our identity. The, the enemy um, is very real and he does not want you to believe the truth about who God says you are. He really doesn't. And so he loves to feed us lies. And my experience in my own life and as I travel around churches is that we're much better at believing what the enemy says than we are believing what God says. If I were to ask you to describe yourself using five words, how easy would you find it to think of nice, positive words to say about you? Or would you find it easier to think of, well, I could change that, could change that, could change that? We're often thinking in line with the enemy. And so we've got to recognize when the enemy is lying so that we can shift our thinking, believe the truth, and step into it. I'll give you an example from my own life uh, of how the enemy has tried to lie to take me out of what I'm called to. Um, a, few, a few years ago now, I'm single, and uh, I've never had children. I've actually now also had a hysterectomy a couple of years ago, and it was a, a very tough time. It's been a tough journey for me, um, not being married or having kids, because I know that I'm called to be a mum. 
I know that's what I'm called to do, to be a mother uh, wherever I go. A few years ago, I turned 40, and I was just talking to Jesus about my life and, and thinking through, have I got any re- regrets from my life? And I, I, nothing particularly sprung to mind. And then all of a sudden, I was sideswiped with the grief of not having children. And uh, I processed with God. I was crying. I was, I was expressing my pain to him. And then I remembered I was down on the preaching road to, to preach on Mother's Day in the March. And this was in, in October. And the thought popped into my head, you really can't preach on Mother's Day. You'd be a fraud to preach on Mother's Day because you don't know what it's like to be a mum. Now... The best kind of lies the enemy tells you have an element of truth. I don't know what it's like to be a mum. True. But the conclusion that I would then be a fraud to preach on Mother's Day was a load of rubbish. Okay? And so what happens is when the enemy lies, what what, what I try to do is unravel the lie. And what I mean by that is I begin to ask questions and I thought to myself, okay, why would the enemy want me to think I would be a fraud to preach on Mother's Day? Because he doesn't want me to preach. Okay, why would the enemy not want me to preach? Because I might have some important things to say. What am I going to do? I think I'll preach on Mother's Day. So I did. If you pay attention to the lies the enemy tells you, you can find out your calling. It's a brilliant strategy. (laughs) He's a little bit stupid. If you listen into the themes of the lies the enemy tells you, you can work out where you're called to have influence. Because I know I'm called to be a mum. I know I'm called to bring life wherever I go, and that's actually what I do. The enemy wanted me to feel shame and step back. What I actually chose to do was step into increasingly who I'm called to be and preach. So we've got to go on a journey of understanding more who God says we are. So I'm going to tell you a few truths and get quite excited about them. Feel free to get excited if you want to. Um, They won't be new truths, but hopefully as I'm speaking, it will unpack some stuff. I think I've got some up on the screen. You are amazing, Andrew. Thank you for doing those for me. So let's just talk a little bit about some truths and, and then we'll pray. So old nature and new nature. So in our, in our old nature, we were orphans. Now we are sons or daughters. Romans 8, 14 to 17. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. You and I are sons and daughters of the God of the universe. That's nuts. I don't think you really got that. We, we, are, we are sons and daughters of the God who made the heavens and the earth. The God who has always been and always will be has adopted you and me, if you're a Christian here this morning, as a son and a daughter. And if you knew nothing else about your identity, that would be enough. We are sons and daughters. It has huge implications. First of all, it means that he is our dad. The God of the universe is your dad. What? It's crazy. That changes everything. He's our father. It's a massive revelation that he, uh, Jesus showed the disciples. God is your father. 
He's not distant. He's not disinterested. He's not looking to punish us. He's for us. He's with us. He's giving us good gifts. He's always close. He's working for our good. He's our dad. That's amazing. Also means Jesus is our older brother. What? I've got an older brother. He's pretty good. But I mean, goodness me, Jesus is my older brother. I'm still trying to work out what that even means. Jesus is my older brother. What does that even mean? Some stuff to unpack there. I haven't got any answers yet. And it also means we are dearly loved children, sons and daughters. Um, it brings confidence, brings security, brings peace and joy. We realize we don't have to perform to get anyone else's approval because he loves us. It means that we can serve in the secret place and not need anyone to see or know because we know he sees. It means we can get up on a stage and really have massive influence because we know it's all for his glory. We don't have to hide who we are. It has huge implications. I, I remember years ago really struggling with my place in the church as a single woman. And uh, I just didn't know who I was meant to be or where I was meant to go. And I didn't really have really any role models. And I remember crying out to God and being frustrated. It's like, God, what's my title meant to be? I don't know what my title, I don't know what I'm allowed to do. I don't know what my title should be. And um, he let me rant for a bit. And then he said, Wendy, uh, I just want you to focus on one title and it's daughter. You, you focus on being a daughter. I'll work everything else out. And I can't tell you how true that has been. He has been such a good father to me. And uh, he has opened up stuff that I never dreamt possible as I've gone on that journey. So, we were orphans, we're now sons and daughters. Um, old nature, slave to sin. New nature, dead to sin. Say that with me, dead to sin. Okay, we need to get this in our hearts. We were slaves to sin, we're now dead to sin, slaves to righteousness. Romans 6.18, now you are free from your slavery to sin and you have become slaves to righteous living. Romans 6.11, consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Is that how you think of yourself? Are you considering yourself dead to sin? definition of a slave is a person who is the legal property of another and is forced to obey them. A slave is a legal property of another and forced to obey them. Before we said yes to Jesus, we were slaves to sin. We were legal property of the enemy and forced to obey him. Sin naturally flowed out of us. We were slaves to sin. That's what naturally flowed out of us. Bible now tells us that we are dead to sin. We are now slaves to righteousness. We are now hardwired to want to please God with our lives. To be righteous, to be right with him. That's why when we sin, it feels so rubbish. Because it's not natural anymore. It's not actually natural for you to sin anymore. It's unnatural. Because you are a slave to wanting to please God with your life. Because of your brand new identity in Christ. I'm not saying we don't sin anymore. I'm just saying when we do sin, as believers, we have to do it consciously. Because it's not natural for us anymore. Bible tells us, consider yourself dead to sin. 
So if you are struggling with a particular area of sin or you're counseling someone who's wrestling with a particular area of sin, don't focus on the sin. Focus on your identity. You tell yourself enough times in the mirror, I am dead to sin. That thing's going to shift. We're dead to sin. That's, what we, that's how we need to consider ourselves. We're no longer sinners. We are known as saints. Do you know you're a saint? We're so very British. We would never call ourselves saints. <laughs> Some of you are squirming in the chair. It's much easier for me to consider myself a sinner. I tell you, if you consider yourself a sinner, your behavior will reflect your thinking and you will sin. If you realize you're a saint because of the amazing grace of Jesus, that's what will flow out of you. Uh, old nature, separated from God. I'm not going to talk in loads of depth through all of these. Separated from God. New nature, intimacy with God. We have been brought in to intimacy. James 4.8, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. We have been brought close to God. We're not separate anymore. There's no barriers. There's nothing in the way. We can know intimacy with God. If you ever think, of, th- think to yourself, God feels distant. Anyone ever thought that? <sighs> Where are you? Truth is, we have intimacy with God. There are no barriers anymore. It's beautiful. Old nature, um, object of God's wrath. New nature, object of God's affection. Again, I could go into lots of detail, but I'm not going to. Zephaniah 3.17, the Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exalt over you with loud singing. We are the object of God's affection. When's the last time you felt the affection of God? Have you ever felt the affection of God? It's available to us because of Jesus. Is everyone doing okay? we've got a few more and then we're going to pray Um, old nature we were guilty new nature we're forgiven Psalm 103.12 as far as the east is from the west so far has he removed our transgressions from us someone said that in the worship time as far as the east is from the west I love that analogy basically what they're saying is it's gone it's totally totally removed uh, from you our sin has been removed though though your sins are like scarlet they shall be as white as snow guys you know the truth is you and I if, you, if you're in Christ if you know Jesus we are totally forgiven we are washed clean as white as snow and not just from the sins that we have completed in our lives but for, for every sin we will ever commit for the rest of our lives we have been completely forgiven by Jesus washed clean white as snow no shame no filth completely clean wow I should be excited about that truth I had a friend of mine who um, tells this story where he he went to, he had he had sinned in a particular area and he went to the father to confess his sin and he, and he came to the father and confessed his sin and the father forgave him but later on in the day he still felt rubbish about that sin have you ever had that it kind of pops up again and you're like oh no um, and so he went back to the father to confess again and he relays this situation where he went to the father and said God I just want to come again and just talk to you and confess that sin again and he's, he said to me it was like God said to him what sin 
And he was like, no, you, you know, that, that, that sin I told you about just a little bit earlier, I just want to come again and deal with it. And the father was like, what sin? And he had a revelation in that moment where it talks, where, where it talks about he keeps no record of wrongs. That that had been dealt with in an instant. Because he'd come the first time and confessed his sin and it had been wiped out. Didn't have to come again. Part of the battle for us, a huge part of the battle for us is learning to forgive ourselves actually. Realising that because Jesus has forgiven us, we have to also forgive ourselves. And the thing about this, all, all of this that I'm talking about, it's all because of his grace. I don't know if you really have grasped, I don't know, have you really grasped the revelation of the grace of God? I think sometimes we think, oh yeah, his, you know, we sing the song, oh, amazing grace, and we're so familiar with grace being amazing. <laughs> but I tell you, if it doesn't move your heart when you think about God's grace on your life, there is a problem. We don't deserve any of this. We actually deserve wrath. The wrath of God is what we deserve, but because of Jesus, because of his sacrifice, because of his death, because of his re resurrection, we step into this ridiculous truth about who we are in Christ, and it's all because of his grace. What? It is amazing. It is amazing what Jesus has done for us. I'm going to skip the next one, last one. Old nature, live according to the flesh. New nature, we're full of the spirit. Romans 8:11. if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. I was talking about this yesterday, but I'll just say it again because it's good. The same spirit who raised Christ from the dead lives inside of you if you're a Christian here this morning. Do you understand what I've just said? <laughs> the same Holy Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead lives in your body, lives in you. I don't really understand it all, guys. <laughs> just know that we're temples of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit lives in us, and the Holy Spirit's God. What? <laughs> it's just nuts. We're so familiar with this. Oh, yeah, I'm full of the Spirit. You've got to listen to what you're saying. The Holy Spirit, who is God, lives inside of you. That's incredible. What that means is, he also wants to flow through you so we can expect to see incredible things happen as we pray because the God of the universe lives in you and wants to flow through you to impact the world around you. It's nuts. <laughs> I don't know if you're getting it. I'm just gonna keep, I'm just gonna keep preaching myself happy here. This is a journey, but we've got to be moved by the fact that the Holy Spirit lives in us. It's absolutely crazy. I remember being, um, being at a conference, and I saw a guy at the back of the room who I knew God was meeting with. He was doing something significant with this guy, and someone was praying for the guy, but there was just something not quite happening, and I knew if I can just get my hands on him, something is going to happen. He's going to get freedom, because I know I carry the presence and power of God. So I just left the microphone at the front and left everyone to do what they were doing. I went to the back of the room and I just put my hands on this guy. I said, Jesus, just bring your freedom. And instantly he got set free from stuff to do with his childhood and rejection 
and some pain that he was carrying. What was the difference between the, the guy who was already praying for him and me going? Well, I don't know. I don't want to judge the guy who was praying. He was doing a great job praying. But there's something that I've got hold of, that there is power in me. And I know that if I get to pray for some people, I get to see that power flow through me to impact them in front of me. How are you doing at believing and living in the good of the fact that the Spirit of God lives in you? It's good news, guys. <laughs> ah, It's all by grace. Let's finish with this. How do we go on this journey? Because the truth is, I've got a measure of revelation, but I know I've got so much more to learn. So how do you keep learning? You've got to rely on the Holy Spirit. Ask the Holy Spirit. I often say, Holy Spirit, teach me what it means to be a daughter. What does that mean again? Do stuff in my heart. Do whatever you want to do to change what I need to change here. Show me where I'm believing lies about myself. It's paying attention to those things so that you increasingly step into the truth. It's about renewing your mind. Romans 12, 2. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Change the way you think. Recognize where the enemy is telling you lies and work out your calling. Oh, I just love talking about that. I think the, um, any, every time I talk about it, the enemy's like, really mad. Because I've just told you the strategy to work out your calling. Tell people who are called to use their voices, the enemy usually says, you've got nothing to say. Listen, if the enemy tells you you've got nothing to say, speak. <laughs> Do it. Just speak. Prophetic. Prophetic words. I'm just making that up. Why is, it, why is that popped into your head? Because the enemy does not want you to share the prophetic word. Why? Because it brings life. What are you going to do? Bring the prophetic word. I haven't got authority to heal the sick. Why does the enemy want you to think you haven't got authority to heal the sick? Because he doesn't want you to pray for the sick. Why doesn't he want you to pray for the sick? Because you've got authority to pray for the sick. What are you going to do? Pray for the sick. <laughs> this is it's not rocket science, guys. Got to listen to what God says. Step into the truth and realize it's all by grace. Get happy about the truth about who you are in Jesus. Let's pray. Why don't you stand with me? Thank you, Jesus. Uh, first problem, maybe I just was preaching from, I think I just, every time I preach on that, I'm like, wow, God, you're, it's my benefit. I'm sure God gets me to preach on identity because I need to hear it more. It's made me very happy and made me realize how much I'm not living in this stuff again, you know? Oh God, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your amazing, amazing, amazing grace. Wow. Wow, Jesus, thank you for the cross. Oh, my. Wow. I can't get my head around, Jesus, that you would die for me. It is just absolutely incredible. Jesus, that you would, man, alive, you would, like, come out of heaven and come as a baby and, and get so much suffering, go through so much suffering so that I could be free, and not just free, but all of this stuff. It is absolutely amazing, God. <laughs> oh, dear. And yet, I've only seen the smallest part of what it really means. But Jesus, I'm so grateful for your grace. So grateful for your grace. I know who I am. I know all of my weaknesses, and all of my mess, and all of my rubbish, and all of my bad choices. And yet, Still, you've picked me. Wow. Wow. 
Jesus, we love you. We love you. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your grace. Just want to spend a bit of time praying for us. And you might be here this morning and you actually don't know Jesus yet. Maybe, maybe you've just come for the first time or you've been coming for a while and you don't yet know Jesus and you think I'm a little bit nuts. I'm sorry if I've come across nuts. I'm just very much in love with Jesus because he's changed my life. And um, if that's you, the amazing news is that God's grace is available for you this morning. And so if, if you're here and you don't yet know Jesus and something has been stirring in your heart, I just want to encourage you just to, just to say to God, God, if you're real, would you show me who you are? Show me who you are. He loves to do that. Say, to say to God, God, I want what you've got for me now. Just open your hands, open your heart. Maybe close your eyes so you can fix your eyes on him. <sighs> Holy Spirit, I want to thank you that this revelation is all down to you. That we don't have to work hard to get this more. We cannot do that actually. We just have to come to you and say, Father, I can't do this. <laughs> Would you show me some truth now? Would you show me the truth? Do whatever you want to do in my heart. too busy doing stuff that we forget to enjoy our salvation <laughs> we're too busy working hard for him and our hearts get tired and weary and worn out and burnt out and what we need to do is take a moment just to be amazed again do you know what will fuel your work the best being amazed at him <laughs> being blown away by him is what will motivate you to do all that he's called you to do. So come, Holy Spirit, amaze us. Amaze us. Fill us with your presence. Team, feel free to minister, pray. Just go for it if you feel good. More of your presence, God. Fill us. Whoa, fill us. Fill us with your presence. Just gonna pray for a few specific people, but I want to encourage you to keep focused on God. I feel like there's some of you here, um, you've just lived with a feeling of just never quite feeling good enough. I think it's because of your upbringing, maybe your parents and stuff that happened on there with, with that. But you've just had this niggling, underlying feeling, you've just never felt really very good. 
you've always felt a bit rubbish about yourself. You've never felt like you've lived up to expectations and it's just been very draining. And I just feel like the Father wants to come and lift off expectations right now. If that's you, I just want to encourage you just to lift your hands to the Lord. Just, just lift your hands to the Lord. This is going to be a work of His right now. I used to be that person. I never felt able to live up to expectations. Whoa! So Father, I just pray right now for my brothers and sisters who are responding. In the room, online, God, that you would break in with your presence, with your powerful presence. That you would come and speak a different narrative over our lives. Spirit, that you would come and show us that all along you loved us. Father, that you don't expect anything from 